1: Pedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad, we are back. No Giants baseball, but still Giants nope. news to talk about as well yeah. as. You know, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna save all the the Dodgers, all the mirth about the Dodgers. We're gonna save that for the end of this show so that
2: we can end on a in a very yeah. happy note. I'm tired of celebrating. I got worn out from celebrating the Dodgers loss. Whew. Tiring to to hate so much. So I you know, you'd think that season
1: is over. Me buying any Giants merch or hats or anything, ah, yeah, you know, we'll wait till next year. Nope, I had to find it. Facebook. Yeah, showed me, you know, sort of the '70s version, late '70s version of their of their color scheme, ringer yeah. tee. I, I was I was in the the Facebook. Using my previous searches for stuff and then showing them to me again in the Facebook feed
2: (laughs) very very smart. (laughs) You keep saying that out loud and it's never going to stop, man. It's never. They're going to get us over and over again. You know what else gets me is
1: Fanatics gives you like a couple bucks here and there for a purchase. So
2: you're like, oh. You got five bucks in there that's <laughs> 20 bucks what's 20 bucks come on exactly i have four dollars and 86 cents <laughs> and i uh i keep getting emails about it and i go i know i'm gonna get in there but i think i, I want to get in there and get like a cool san jose state t-shirt i don't yeah, have any yeah, yeah. san jose state t-shirts or like you know kind of a flat build uh san jose state hat or no i, know, something I like want that.
1: one too so, i want one too yeah
2: because i don't live where you live so i can't hop over to the university and just grab stuff so yeah the
1: university University website is actually the best place to buy stuff. Still, okay, the, li- the yeah. library website is still the best. The student store is still, but the best place. but there's no four dollar and eighty six <laughs> cent uh, exactly. fanatics credit. Exactly, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> I, I that that would be good to to go back on campus though and and go check yeah. out the store because I've been I've been back on campus. I would say since we graduated, outside of going to games because I have been to a couple basketball games and a couple football games over the years. What Uh, let let me think about this. When would I've graduated? Ninety nine? Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, it was like because I graduated December of ninety eight. Yeah, Denise was spring of ninety nine, so I think you were right around there too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we we we've been out of college for twenty years. What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But
1: I I have been on campus since then. I remember before Brian went to U of A. Hot take, Bry. I was like, oh, let's just go check out Sound State. I think he may have set it up or his mom set it up. And I could tell there was no way he was going to Sound State. It was just <laughs> it, he probably just did it. So I, I I wouldn't get sad. And then I went, I forgot I went again, but I just kind of hung out and you know, just wanted to see what was going on. And it's, you know, it, it doesn't look too much different, which I don't know if that's a good thing, but it looks pretty similar <laughs> from when we were there they you know they have those statues of uh John Carlos and and uh the 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 fist in the air and stuff yeah. so that that's cool That's something uh, I haven't
2: seen yet, and and speaking of that too. So the older one, she's sixteen, so in two years uh, she's a junior. So actually, in like a year and a half, yeah, she's going to be off to college. So we're going to do the tour around kind of some West Coast stuff. So we're going to hit Chico in about a month. Um, but we talked about you know hitting the Bay Area and then and then going down to San Jose State. So
1: fun. Yeah, Yeah. If if you guys go to San Jose State, you need to tell me. I'm and absolutely. I'm just going to come and pretend like I still have a child who is <laughs> of college well, age just so well, if, we go, if we go
2: it's if we go it's going to be during the summer so we're going to a Giants game too. So you Heck I have yeah. already know I've already told Denise I said Garrett's getting the call, Ed, my brother-in-law's getting the call. Everybody's getting Heck the call yeah. who's down there. We're all going to a Giants game together. Dude, Harveen really so Harvey can join us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh what, what what about uh what about Nick? Is he is he Nick gonna be... can go. He he might he might be still sending negative texts during the game though.
2: That's alright. Hey, I'll put tape over his mouth and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll take his phone away and he can sit and well we won't we'll put a straw in there so he can have a beer, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that'd be that'd be that'd be a blast. All right, let's get into some stuff here. Yeah. Uh, I I do have a fun story when we get to our uh, what we are drinking today. I have a fun story about where I was and what I picked up. And uh, I have some photos to share for people nice. watching us on video. So, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But there is some news. And I was a little taken aback, I have to admit, when I heard that Bruce Bochi was being considered for the Texas Rangers job. I don't know as far as a formal interview or an interview process, but it sounds like he met with Texas and I've even seen things where they're like, oh, yeah, like he's their number one. Like that's who they want. And that leads me to to believe that it's maybe it's like, does Boch want to do this again? Is he, you know, is he healthy to, to do it again? You know, he's had some issues, but, you know, he's been upbeat about them. So I I, I don't sense that they're uh, of any real danger for him. But, you know, he's he's been chilling for a couple of years. He's got the wine, hanging out, looking at his three rings I don't know. <laughs> te- you know, te- Texas spent all that money in free agency last year. Corey Seager had a really good year. Um, not sure about Simeon so much, but um yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm a little conflicted here. I selfishly don't want him to go back out there cuz I want him to be, you know, he was with obviously he was with the Padres and took them to the World Series, but he's synonymous yeah. with with the with the Giants of the, you know, 2010s and I kind of want it to be that way, but you know, maybe he's got the
2: itch. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what? I. it was kind of a tough pill to swallow when you first saw that, but you knew it was coming. I mean, it was a couple of years in the making. Yeah. Um, you know, we've heard about it. We've speculated about it. He's going to come out of retirement at some point. Um, uh, the white Sox job might be there for him too. Um, for Bochi, it's going to have to be a place that's not heavy, heavy, heavy on analytics. Yeah, um, he can do some of the analytics, but I mean, he's made comments lately that has pretty much uh, has alluded to the fact that he wants to manage the game. Yeah, uh, J- Joe Madden, you know, his, his interview recently where he just kind of <laughs> tore into the Angels organization and said, I, you know, we had some games in there where that I went to a game and I was told by the front office that. These three pitchers are not available tonight. And he said, No, they're available. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're ready to go and they can pitch. And, uh, and they said, No, no, they're not available tonight. Uh, due to this analytic breakdown of why we don't think they're available, you can't use them tonight. Um, can you imagine Bochi uh, uh, managing in that atmosphere? Yeah. That, that is not going to work. <laughs> well, he did,
1: you know, he he did make some slight changes when, Mm -hmm. farhan came on board and you know working together you you wouldn't see a a a madison bumgarner 2014 with with the way that things are going but yeah that that is a big difference and uh it, it it's it's kind of crazy how things changed so so quickly right like I yeah. wonder what I wonder what the pivot is, and and we could probably look back at just at statistics and look at innings pitched and see when does it start going down. I'm actually doing this with basketball, mm. um. So basketball season is right around the corner. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Hot yeah. Take Brian and I are going to do a special late uh, late night edition of uh, the Death Lineup post Warriors Lakers. But awesome, I so I got uh, NBA the the league pass, so they're mm-hmm. um they're streaming every game. You're basically paying 20 bucks a month or whatever to watch whatever, like out of market games. You just can't watch your own, your own team. Um, So you can't get around that, but they also give you the finals of every year since 2000. And so Mm. I'm kind of watching the 2000 finals between the Lakers and the Pacers. And this is very early on. And I'm going to go through every, I may not get through all 20, two finals you know, in, in, a, in a whole year, but it, this is like my, it, it, what I'm doing is I'm actually going on the elliptical. You know how boring the elliptical could be. I nope. do. Here's yes. my, this is, this is my project. I'm using yes. it to study the, so, but, but basically my hypothesis is that from the mid eighties, when the NBA becomes the NBA is fantastic and it's Michael and Larry and magic, from that oh, yeah. point until the year two thousand, I think basketball actually devolves. It goes backwards a little bit. And some of that is because Michael Jordan was such a great one on one player. Then the centers kind of take over, and then it's like Shaquille O'Neal. And so it's very predictable, dump the ball into the post. And and so I'm watching it. And then, but if we watch basketball today, so now twenty two years later. It's vastly different from from 2000, and it resembles more the mid-80s if the the three-point shooting was a big deal in the mid-80s, just the way that they move the ball and they're trying to score quickly and get the defense on there. So all that to say, I need to figure out what that tipping point was for baseball when the analytics just took over the game. Uh, I'm sure people who are a little bit younger than us and have been following this analytics movement for uh for much longer than us or just studied it they they probably know but that's that's fascinating because 2014 is not that long ago when bum coming yeah. out to throw the end of that game and in, in game seven after having pitched just a couple days before like that is not that long ago to see what we see today which is you know guys going into the sixth inning and and being great, and then you're just like, oh, we're turning it over to our three or four relievers who throw 100 miles an hour.
2: And, and I think you can... I mean, honestly, this kind of ties in uh, to our new GM that we're going to talk about later, but but the Houston Astros were, were kind of... Kicking into some of that in the early 2010s, you know, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13, they were starting to kind of grow that. The Tampa Bay Rays were starting to kind of grow that as well. Um, the A's, the Sabermetrics, they were starting to kind of grow that. Um, and I think it was more of a, a, a way to, to you know, like, how can we field a team? and be cheap asses. I think think that's kind of, you know, maybe how it even grew, you know, just from a fan perspective. That's how I see it. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think it was growing, but it hadn't made its way into the mainstream yet. And and as you're seeing now in the playoffs, um, you know, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a more lean to, and now that we've gotten through the COVID years and the short, uh, you know, the short, pitching and everything else that they were trying to uh, get arm strength back for the starters. I think we're starting to see a little bit more of the, um, you know, stretching out of starters. Yeah. Uh, you see the Dodgers didn't have that. They didn't have stretched out starters. They would pull their guys in the fifth and then they'd have to eat four innings from the yep. bullpen. That's I think we're starting to see that's not successful. Um but if you have a San Diego Padres, you have Yu Darvish, you've got uh, Snellzilla, I mean, mm-hmm. if you, you've got Joe Musgrove. You've got these guys who can stretch you out to the seventh, maybe even the eighth inning if they need to get there. Yeah, uh, And then you've got the shutdown hater. I mean, I... <laughs> I kind of see us going back to that a little bit. So maybe this is a good boche environment. Uh for uh, him absolutely to to shut down,
1: back. by the way, too. You had mentioned to yeah. me, and I was a little nervous, and we'll talk about that game at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I was a little yeah. nervous, and you're like, nah, he's been shut down. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. And he went through those guys like a knife through butter, man. That was awesome. And yeah, he's not touching ninety-nine, was- he's throwing, no. you know, ninety-five and then just breaking stuff. That that's hard.
2: That was really, fun but even see. his ninety five mile an hour fastball had tail I mean mm-hmm. so much tail and and again, if you've got guys who are looking for that pitch, and then they're going to say well we're going to get a launch angle on it, and we're going to do this, 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 and that, I, he just went out there and he just threw i mean he just threw the baseball, did what he. Did what he did earlier in the season had that really nasty blip there in the middle of? The, I think we kind of touched him up quite a, a couple of times, uh, and then after that, just he was just awful towards the end of the season. But man, as you see, the Dodgers probably want a guy like that too. They don't have a closer, and that was the other thing too: is the Dodgers get that five innings from their starter, and then all of a sudden they go. Hey, mix and match the next four innings. Let's see what happens. Uh, They didn't have a guy. They didn't have a Kenley Jansen. They didn't have a Craig Kimbrell was not the guy they traded for him. And he ended up not even being on the roster. So uh, I think they're in dire straits when it comes to the bullpen right now. Yeah.
1: Uh, Can you imagine if uh, Rodon Rodon is throwing, you know, seven shutout innings? And then all of a sudden, Giants are up 1-0 in the playoffs. Now, this is obviously dreamland because we didn't make But yes. the fact that Philadelphia is in the NLCS makes me think that the Giants were not that far off from being able to play with Correct. these teams. But Correct. imagine, you know, the Redone goes 7, Giants are up one nothing. All of a sudden, uh, Kapler Let's bring in Tyler Rogers for the eighth. The Giants fan base
2: would just explode. Like, what is going
1: on?
2: This is that would be a, that would be a huge problem. That would be a gigantic problem. And I mean, that kind of brings us to you know Gabe Kapler, and and with our new GM, is this going to be the way we're going to go going forward? Are we going to stick with the with the analytics? And um, I, I would like to know. I'd like to know more. Uh, behind the scenes like joe madden like i said he gave us some really awesome behind the scenes stuff in his yeah. in his i like to call it his exit interview yeah, it's yeah. more like his his fu interview <laughs> but but you know i'd like to hear more from us like how are we doing this how are we choosing our relievers uh how do we know who's available each night and our guy's just available um because Kepler still seems like a little bit old school when it comes mm-hmm. to crunch time if if you're in a do-or-die you know, three game series late in the season, he seems like it's just kind of like everybody's available. All arms are available. Oh, we're going to throw guys out there. But again, I'm going to go back to that damn three pitcher minimum rule that I want yeah. to go away. Cause, yeah. cause that's what I miss about old school baseball is, you know, bring a guy in lefty pitches to this lefty. And then you got two righties up. All right, he's out. Let's bring in the next guy. He's going to pitch to these two guys. That's, I mean, that was fun. That was
1: yeah, fun. yeah. Okay. Well, we also had one of the best lefty Ooh. lefty pitchers uh, in in Javier Lopez too. So True. that's what also made it fun. Uh, okay. Af- so yeah, yeah I, yeah. I felt I felt as well. Though I I feel like I felt pitched, especially when it counted well to to both sides. Whereas Lopez True. was like mostly a lefty guy. Um, all right. So you know we'll 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 know more about. Bochi and and stuff, as I imagine as we uh, as we get closer to the actual um, end of the season once this World series is over. But let's talk about last week, we did our show, and literally minutes after we finished recording, the Giants hired a general manager. Now, his name, Phonetically, it looks like you would pronounce his name Putilla, but from what I understand, it's Patella, like the oh, kneecap. Okay. All so right. Pete Patella from the Astros regime is coming on as a general manager. He was in the running when the Giants signed Scott Harris a few years ago. So they already had, you know, they already had the file on him. And Zadie teased this in his end of the year meeting with the media by saying he's just going to, uh, it, or, or this should be done fairly quickly. So we should have known that was a hint. Like, yeah, it's somebody that we know and that we interviewed before and is on our radar. Now, this is a young dude. Very, I think he's in his early 30s still. He's been in baseball for a while. The one thing that is kind of being swept under the rug... Is his participation or not, according to him, of the Astros cheating scandal. Now, I think Giants media is kind of having fun with it by saying, oh, yeah, you know, of course he wasn't involved in this thing. And I can't imagine that he wasn't, at least to a degree. Like, I, I don't he's not like the mastermind. Right. It's always been said that the, the, the players were kind of the mastermind. Yeah, but the fact that he would know nothing about this is is kind of suspect to me, or as uh, my seven year old se- uh, stepdaughter says, sussy, a little sussy. It's <laughs> a little sus. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about him coming in, and what do you think about bringing someone from that Astros uh, regime, cheating regime?
2: You know, it's funny. So he was <clears throat> at the time of the you know the the cheating scandal he was the director of player development mm-hmm. uh he oversaw major and minor league player development while in assisting with the integration of scouting technology um you know he was uh before that 2013 he was the baseball operations coordinator um and then he did uh data research and technology uh integrated that into development uh, player development processes um again across all the minor league levels mm-hmm. um he also traveled with a major league team in two thousand and fourteen and fifteen conducting replay review. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so hard to say man. I, and I, and I, and I have seen on Twitter and I have heard the, the, you know, the, the funny thing is we don't, Giants fans don't have a problem with it because he, you know, if he was involved, he helped take a world series ring away from the Dodgers. So n- not, not a huge problem, but uh, you know, was he involved? I don't know. Probably. I don't think he was involved. I <laughs> right. think he, you know, I think, I think he probably, his technology was being used. He may not have known what it was being used for because it's not like he was sitting in the dugout and, and in the clubhouse day in and day out and knowing exactly what was going on with his technology. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yes. Just peeking through slightly peeking through the fingers. You know, I'm looking away, but I'm not looking away. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. He was never even interviewed by Major League Baseball when it came to the scandal. They didn't even think that he was worthy enough of an interview to even bother with him. Uh, I, I think you have to look at the end product and who was using the technology, uh, not who developed the technology just because, <laughs> you, um, you, you know, you, you use a phone to rob a bank. You don't call, <laughs> you know, Steve Jobs up and, uh, well, he's dead, but you don't, you don't call up Tim Cook and say, hey, they used your iPhone to rob a bank. Um, you know, it's not really the way it works, but, uh, I'm okay with the hire. I like the hire. I'm very excited about the hire, um, because it kind of puts a little bit more emphasis on player development. Uh, he, he has said in interviews, he's extremely, um, proud of the astros roster um, a- and the players that they took later in rounds um, remember he also stole Jordan Alvarez from the Dodgers he was part of that trade um And Farhan was part of that trade on the Dodgers side, ironically enough, but now they're working together. Uh, so, so no, I think it's good. You get somebody from the Dodgers and Farhan, you get somebody uh, from the Astros and Patella, and and then you take those, those minds and that whole organizational philosophy meld it together. And I think you could have a really, really good thing down the line. Uh, We are going to miss Scott Harris. Absolutely. Um, I think looking at it, though, Scott Harris was a little bit more of the uh, sounding board guy, probably more a bit of the, um, you know, trades, pickups, roster development, uh, you know, deep 40-man roster. Yes, he knew the minor leagues, but they have a whole minor league uh, division for that of scouts and 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 uh, technology and everything else the giants mm-hmm. do. And, and I really think Patel is going to help grow that. I think it's going to grow leaps and bounds hopefully over the next couple of years. Do, are we going to have him long enough? Hopefully he doesn't, you know, it isn't just here for two or three years. And then all of a sudden he's uh Zadie's role, next uh, man up. So, yeah, exactly. Somewhere else. So, so hopefully, so, so get him in there. Get a bunch of good people underneath him so that if he does go somewhere else, everybody yeah. else knows what to do and just kind of plug him in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we will not, uh, We, you know, we we won't see much until after the offseason. Then, you know, hopefully we'll know a little bit of what yeah. his influence is. But I'll go back to what uh, our good friend Roger Munter said. What uh, I saw him on Twitter from the There Are Giants sub stack. He made a comment to say, you know, from what it seems like Zadie and Harris kind of think the same way, and it'd be nice to bring in somebody who maybe thinks a little bit differently. Now, I don't know if that is Patella or not, but that is uh, there is a possibility that he does, and and that can bring a little bit more of a, a differing opinion into the room, and then maybe the Giants won't sign 75 guys into the 40 man roster.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the <laughs> roster turnover this year was a bit exhausting. That that was tiring. I I liked it at st- at the start and and last year too and that oh, you know, he's finding gems and everything, but um sometimes when that happens you you lose a Connor Joe in yeah. in the mix. Um, you know, and you lose guys like that. But but then you know, making trades like he did, you end up with the JD Davis. Um yeah. You know, you end up getting rid of Mauricio Dubon, but now he's celebrating and having a good time and moving <laughs> on to the ALCS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it was it was tiring by the end of the season. So I, I hope to see that cut maybe in half this year. Give some guys some more solid at bats and more time in San Francisco to uh, you know to to f- let the fan base fall in love with some players. So um, that's what I think on that. All
1: right. So let's talk a little bit about what we are drinking before moving on. We'll have one more Giants thing, and then we'll talk about the playoffs as they are now. We are awaiting a game five between the Yankees and the Guardians. And the series is tied at two. There's a rain delay. So that's why the game hasn't been played yet but that's the only piece of this uh four team tournament that we are awaiting which is who's going to make it to the ALCS to face Houston like like Brad said and uh to the other side is, is Philadelphia and San Diego and again we're going to wait till the very end of the podcast to talk about that San Diego LA series all right yeah. let's talk about what we are drinking now i told i mentioned i have this story So, maybe I'll go first just so I can get mine out of the way. But I was in upstate New York over the whole last week. Literally, we did the last podcast that I did was with you before I came back. And so we went to a place called Beak and Skiff. Nice, which is an apple orchard in Lafayette, New York. And this is a place where you could go and pick apples. And so I thought, wow, that sounds kind of fun. But then my wife said, you know, I haven't been here since I was a kid. And she's like, from what I remember, there's like other stuff. Like there's a store, there's food, there's um, a distillery. And so we checked it out. And as you see on the photo on the right for you watching uh, on video, um they had cider on tap that they make at the orchard they had apple wine uh that that was available which which we we had a little bit of and then they also had a set of uh of, of spirits so i specifically was looking for bourbon and then we bought uh crystal's uh ex-husband who was watching our dogs and uh, and and the kids and we bought him some uh, some whiskey and the brand is called 1911 because that was when beacon skiff opened the orchard so it's been over 100 years old that this orchard has been around and uh, yeah fun 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 place so originally we were wondering and thinking oh is the can you make bourbon with apples like what's going on here i i don't think that is the case though they do have some flavored (laughs) bourbons that i think take advantage of that but i think it's just also a distillery that they have because they're expanding their business and they always wanted to get into bourbons and whiskeys and so now they had it and so i am drinking a 1911 bourbon from beacon skiff and i'm drinking it and this is the other part of it in a yeti tumbler to keep the drink cold now you would kind of wonder okay people probably mostly use this for coffee like it's you yes. know it keeps the coffee warm
2: we we have some for camping yeah we use
1: my some. immediate thought was when we do this show i like the the bourbon to kind of you know i i don't mind the water at all i like the ice melting yeah. and stuff but the glass itself also gets uh, kind of sweaty. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, this will keep the the moisture inside. The only thing that I don't know if I like is I don't know if I like the top on it. I don't know if I like to drink bourbon through the little, uh, yeah. the little hole there. I may eventually just dump the top. I don't know if that's going to affect it. But so I, I had two things awaiting for this podcast was this Yeti tumbler and the 1911 bourbon which is nice which is really nice i i missed uh i missed the bourbon because we were doing wine and stuff all week because we were at weddings and and on and on flights and stuff so we're, it was wine 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 and then i had a sip of bourbon and i was like ah oh, this is so good
2: so- <laughs> Yeah. It's, it, it is such a difference when, when you were drinking, like, you know, when I go to breweries and I have beers and we're on vacation, and I have beers, blah, blah, blah. And, and then you go to a restaurant and then you eat some food. And then afterwards you go, you know what? I'm going to get a bourbon. Mm-hmm. And then you take that first sip and you go, oh, that's home. That's, that's like home. So Absolutely. you know what you could do with that Yeti is you keep a bourbon glass next to you. And when Hmm. you're ready for a drink, you pour it into the glass. Oh, you pour it into the glass. (laughs) Yeah, why not? It's extra work, but who cares? That's interesting. That's very interesting. (laughs) Huh. Yeah, it's one extra step. Yeah. All right, what about you? All right, so Denise was at, I think it was Monday when we were doing the show. Um, She was at Trader Joe's. And uh, so... You either like pumpkin beer or you absolutely <laughs> hate pumpkin beer. And 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 I'm one of those rare people who still doesn't know after mm-hmm. all of these years. There's like one really good pumpkin ale, P-U-N-K-I-N, pumpkin, mm-hmm. from uh, Dogfish Head that I really like. Tastes like a pumpkin pie. So I looked at the review of this howling howling gourds that Mm. Denise sent me from Trader Joe's. Uh, She sent me a picture and said, does that look interesting? And I immediately said, ew, no, thank you. (laughs) But then I went and I started looking up reviews and everybody said, it tastes like a pumpkin pie. And I said, oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm going to give that a shot. And I said, go ahead and grab it. She said, are you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and grab it. So I poured my first one the other night. This is my second one. The first sip I took, I thought, oh, I made a mistake. I have a <laughs> now I have a six-pack of Trader Joe's Halling Gord's beer that I'm not <laughs> really gonna enjoy. But then as it warmed up a little bit, I thought, okay, this is not not bad. Ginger, cloves, pumpkin. Uh it's a good sipper. It's not one you want if you're thirsty and it's a thirst quencher, don't get this beer. Uh, but, but otherwise the color is great. Um, the smell is fantastic. It smells like a pumpkin ale or a pumpkin beer or pumpkin pie. Um, but, but it's a sipper, it's a mouthful, it's got a lot of flavor, but I figure it's that time of year, the leaves are falling, they're turning color. I'm going to give it a shot. Our mornings now, I don't know how it is there, but our mornings now are like 42 degrees, 40 Mm. degrees. So we're starting to hit it. Um, even though the high today was like 78, um, but this is how it is in, in Reno and Truckee Meadows. It's up and down in the fall. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. If you like pumpkin ale, definitely get it. If you're on the fence, it might be a bit much, so I'll go with that.
1: Wow, there you go. You uh, You've
2: alerted people about... <laughs> The good and the bad, right? <laughs> the The howling gourds. I mean, the the artwork is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool artwork. I really yeah. enjoy it. Uh, and, and it is Trader Joe's brand, so I think that's. Uh, oh, I can't remember how they how they brew it. I think it's, uh, yeah, Joseph Brow brewing in San Jose. So there you go. There you go. All right. So one question for you before
1: we turn it over to the baseball playoffs and where we stand, which is, yep. Kyle Harrison, Zadie mentioned that he thought he could be, he he thought he would be in the rotation next year, and maybe sooner than later. Now, this is a guy who hasn't pitched above double A, yeah. is still a young dude. Um, has gone through the, you know, has just gone through the minor leagues for the Giants. Uh, has has not had anything but success, big time success. I still feel like next year early in the season is kind of soon for him. What, what, what
2: is your feeling on that? You know, I, they must think and they must know that he's got the makeup of somebody who can handle getting knocked around. Because that, that might happen. I mean, yeah. that might happen. He might come up and he might get knocked around. Um, but now is a good time because you've got Logan Webb, another year under his belt. So you got another guy who can help you along. Uh, you've got Desclafani. You've got Wood. Um, you know Jacob Junis. So so you do have guys that that can take you under their wing. A lot of veterans, and say, hey, this is the bigs, man. This this is how it works. Um, if there's issues, this is how you deal with it. Um, so I'm not I'm not terribly worried about him pitching early in the season. Uh, I used to always be worried about, Oh man, if you bring this guy up and he gets beat up, is he going to just be a head case and then you got to send him back down to triple a and he's going to be, you know, he's going to have a really hard time. Um, but I, I don't see that in, in Harrison. I, and I'm sure they, they know better obviously. So they must see something in him to, to know that he can handle that kind of pressure and, uh, and, 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 and also handle, um, Failure And not having success at the major league level, knowing that he will have success at the major league level if he just pushes through.
1: I think the the easy comparison for us is Bumgarner, when Bumgarner came up to the Giants. So Bumgarner came to the Giants in 2009. He had a little bit of a, a cup of coffee late 2009. He pitched in four games, had one start, only threw 10 innings that he was 20 years old so in in the, the following year he comes up again and he throws 111 innings uh gets beat, you know he's not he, he, his uh, era is solid his, his fip is is not as good as his era so the 3.0 era was probably uh, you know maybe a, not as a, as uh i don't know what, what would you say not a That's true me yeah oh well, not as true as maybe the three point six six <laughs> f i p yeah 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 but very soon thereafter so two thousand and eleven his you know twenty one year old season uh two thousand and twelve his twenty two year old season he's a dude and yeah, he yeah. is throwing over two hundred innings uh by um uh you know in two thousand and eleven which would have been his second big league season he's eleventh in the Cy Young Award voting, he never finishes better than fourth. But by his uh, one, two, three, four, five, by his fifth year as a big league starter, he's a fourth in the Cy Young, and that would be his his best finish in Cy Young for the National League. Uh, that year and 2016, he he finishes fourth. So because he is so young. It seems like a nice little comp for Harrison. Now Harrison is already twenty one, so if he does come up next year, he will be he will still be twenty one. Uh, by the end of the summer, he will be twenty two, and it it's it's almost like, huh? Could he, uh, r- you know, replicate what Bumgarner did? Uh, I'm looking at, I'm I'm looking for Bumgarner's uh, minor league information so bumgarner i i believe he was 2007 draft pick so 2008 he's in augusta 2009 he's in connecticut and san jose and uh and also in in the bigs like he skipped fresno but then in 2010 he did pitch a half a season in Fresno. So he he jumped, he skipped Fresno to get that little cup of coffee, goes back to Fresno. So that's what they didn't do here, which is, and, and the rules are different. We've talked about this, how you can't just bring up all of your, you know, all of your budding major league players because you only have really five spots in September and yeah. the rules were different back then. So that's why they were able to bring up a bum but it would, it would have been kind of interesting if they did bring up Harrison, he skips triple a and then next year he starts in triple a for half the season and comes up, but it, it sort of looks like maybe he's on what the Bumgarner path was. So that's something that we can really follow for next year and see, you know, how long does it take for him to get up? Because that will be, you know, obviously we've talked about this. The fan base needs a little bit of of something extra, you know, whether it's an Aaron judge or whether it's a Trey Turner. Now that Trey Turner's not, playing anymore we can start you know thinking about him a little bit more yeah uh Kyle Harrison would also supply that especially if he succeeds right if he comes in and he plays big time so that will be that will be something that I think the fan base would really really eat up is is Kyle Harrison
2: yeah, and, and obviously we know he has the, the you know, ability to miss bats. He's got 211 innings pitched in the minors and 343 strikeouts. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, And, and the Giants could use that because, again, you're going to lose Radon most likely. I mean, they could you know, make him an offer. He's going to be one of the best pitchers on the market. The is going to be out there too. Kershaw is going to be out there. But I mean, um, the giants are obviously looking to get younger. They're looking to not put a ton of money into starting pitching. So it makes perfect sense for him to go out there and, and compete in the spring for a starting rotation spot. Um, I think uh, Zadie said he didn't want to have Junis in the rotation to start the season. Um, they like Junis as that long guy, and and they like him kind of, um, you know, to go back and forth and be a spot starter. And and they're going to need, I mean, the Giants are going to need, like, eight or nine starters on the season. That's pretty much how it goes. Um, you know, and then you've got Brebbia as an opener and, and – you know all kinds of different things you can do, but uh, Kyle Harrison, uh, a guy like him in the rotation, would would like you said would really get the fan base going early in the season. Um, there would be a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on him for every start. It would be a very exciting. We haven't we haven't had you know, and Rodon and not taking anything away from Rodon and and Webb. You know, it was always exciting when they started. We knew we were going to get a good outing, but it's not like. Dia de Cueto. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing happy, like happy that. Happy Lincecum so, Day. Yeah. Happy Lincecum Day and Mad Bum Day. Uh, you know, we haven't had that in a while. Rally but, enchiladas.
1: Know,
2: they, really, exactly. <laughs> so if you can get Harrison and Webb, there's a good one to punch. Again, we don't know what we have in Harrison yet, other than, you know, his absolute dumb Yeah. You're thinking, you're them.
1: thinking like three years into the future if this guy's absolutely uh, as good as us as, as, as advertised.
2: Yeah. So getting him going at 21 years old, right out of the gate from spring training, having, you know, beaten up the minor leagues. I I mean, I think that would get the fan base going and it's not going to hurt him. I don't think it's going to hurt him in any way, shape or form. Um, And he is going to make some starts in triple a. So even if he does start in the majors this year, um, right out of the gate maybe it's because of an injury and he gets a chance and him and and jelly are up uh you know because again remember sean jelly didn't have a a a really he didn't have a bad last month of the season he was actually pretty good he could Um, also be a a little bit of a junus i think i absolutely um and a mid-relief guy um you know just kind of uh, a guy you can call on if you need that spot start and, and, and maybe you go June for two or three innings and then jelly for two or three innings. And now you're in the bullpen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the giants are going to have some flexibility and their starters next year. It's just kind of a, a you know, what happens in free agency, who did they end up getting? And, and, and I, I want to see Patella's big board, man. <laughs> I want to see what the big board is.
1: <laughs> well, Zadie did say they're going to be active, right? He said yeah. that. I, I don't know if active means coming in second place on everybody. It better not mean that, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, man, that's not, that's not active enough for us, man. No, that, he can't, he can't do that. We've, we've, we've come wow. in second for too many guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bryce Harper and Giancarlo Stanton and maybe even say Suzuki last year. Yeah, you know, John Lester. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Who knows? I Good wonder, work. I wonder where
1: we finished in the show high sweepstakes. That would be interesting to know.
2: Yeah, I'd like to know that. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, we'll we'll find that out someday, probably. But I think uh, maybe after his thirty million dollar one year contract <laughs> next year, maybe we come in first place on that. Yeah. in twenty twenty four. That would be awesome. <laughs>
1: he he would oh, be yeah. like one of the biggest fan favorites in history.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He would be absolute bonds stardom territory mm-hmm. hands down yes all right we'll end this uh, talking about the playoffs we
1: both had predictions last uh last week one of our predictions was that we th- we couldn't think of uh, anybody beating uh the Dodgers so we were hopeful that the Braves w- would do it and in fact yeah. the Braves didn't even Get to where that they could face the Dodgers, <laughs> but neither did the Dodgers get to where that they could face the Braves. Uh, and but you made a, a really really key uh, point. I thought based on how all the stuff came out, you said the teams who were playing in the wild card round had a leg up early in the series, game one against uh, these teams who were kind of kicking back and uh, and and waiting for the the wild card series to be done. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty good because Cleveland and Philly won game one in those series. So that was uh, you were right on about that being a big deal.
2: Yeah, I I thought, you know, I, and again, I just thought it was more for like the first game, maybe the second game, but mo- mostly the first game. And I thought, OK, here it goes. You know, uh, don't be surprised if all four road teams actually I, I screwed up. One. I got that wrong.
1: New York did win game one, but Cleveland took game two and game three.
2: Yeah. New York had to come from behind. Um, uh Houston had to come from behind. I, I mean everybody had to come from behind. Um, it was the Houston
1: one that I was thinking of because they cause yeah, Seattle had the lead and then Houston and and out uh he just hit that bomb and it was just over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Who who uh Jordan was just I mean, he just had an insane series and and I can't wait to watch him in the uh ALCS oh, because yeah. he is just he's one of my favorite players to watch. The guy just crushes the baseball. Um but yeah, I I I mean it was almost you know 3 out of 4 road teams won um, cuz Seattle was up 7 to 3 and they just gave it up. Um but I think you know but, but of course the better teams kind of float to the top. Uh so that's what happened in Houston. Houston far better than Seattle. Yes. Um and and really it's going to be a fun game 5 tonight, the Guardians and the Yankees. Um New York is just going to be insane. I think th- I think they're like not even going to check in for another hour to see if the game is going to get started. So I they might not even start until like ten or eleven o'clock New York. But what time. if they have to postpone it until tomorrow?
1: Uh, Siri, the the ALCS is supposed to start on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, so they're going to have to – I mean, they're just going to have to do it. And they're, they'll probably pay, play like a 10 a.m. game or something like that tomorrow if they have to postpone it because the NLCS uh, starts tomorrow, right? And that's that's yes. the primetime game. Yes. So so maybe it's like a 1 o'clock game or something like that for the Yankees and Guardians tomorrow. But I think they're going to do everything they can to get it in today. Um, but, it, but it was crazy. Th- th- those were some fun series Um watching the uh and going to San Diego. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, San Diego was I couldn't take as much as we hate the Dodgers and, <laughs> and and we just dislike the Padres. You couldn't take your eyes off of that series if you're mm-hmm. a baseball fan because San Diego was lit. Af, that's what mm-hmm. the kids say. They were lit. <laughs> Af, um, that that place was rocking, and everything that happened, and and the emotion on the field from the players, I just I was eating it up, man. I was loving every bit of it. Uh, and then back in the the Philly Atlanta series when Reese Hoskins, oh my <laughs> I god, sent you, I sent you the tweet on that when Reese Hoskins hit that home run and then spiked the bat. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if this necessary, like in the third inning to spike the bat, but hey. That's where we're at in baseball. It's okay, can we can we talk about on. can we yeah. talk about Naylor? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> rocking the baby. <laughs> so,
1: I am. I've <laughs> always been okay with Griffey and Bonds pimping home runs. Like I always thought oh, it yeah. was dramatic. It was confident. It was like, yeah, you know, I I I'm re- I'm a really good ball player. It's in this is a no doubt home run. Yeah, yeah, and and that's. That's always been fine to me. Now, a lot, of, a lot of older, I would say older fans had problems with the pimping of the home run. Some pitchers yeah. have problems with that. I think Mad Bum still has a problem with uh, people pimping his home run or, my, or doing my the grandfather,
2: slow. My grandfather did not like the Bonds home runs. Mm-hmm. He, he liked Bonds, but he did not like the home runs being hit and standing at the plate and then walking across home plate and pointing up and doing it. He didn't like any of that stuff. Old school guy.
1: Yeah. So the way that I viewed it was because we we also played. So there's a a little bit of like context of like in our high school games or in our semi pro games. Like it's almost even more competitive than it is in the big leagues because yeah. you're you're playing only because you friggin love baseball so much as your body is breaking down. Uh, but <laughs> yes. I, that the home run trot. Always felt like okay, that's for the hitter. The pitcher may feel disrespected a little bit, but ultimately, I I never felt that it was intended for the pitcher. It was more, it was more like, look at me, I just did this really great thing. Yeah, exactly. The nailer thing was so disrespectful to me, <laughs> and that's where I have a difference of opinion on pimping a home run or bat spiking a home run, because that is, you know, you're just so frigging excited that that's what you do, right? This one was so disrespectful towards the opposition, and that's where I have I have an issue. I was having a conversation with somebody, and he was like, oh, you know, just if you don't want it to happen, then, then don't give up the home run. And I was like, look, if you and I played checkers, and you beat me in checkers, and you started to try and bait me by being disrespectful. Yeah. I would have a problem with that. Like this is no different. And so that that is my issue with, with the nailer thing. I just thought, man, you know, act like you've been there for one. Like uh, he, and he hasn't been there, right? This is right. This is a big moment for him, so I get that, but. Unless there's some context to him doing that with Garrett Cole, and there's like some feud between them that I don't know about, Cole said that he was his daddy at some point. I don't know what whatever it was. I, I may be missing some of the context, but what I saw was really disrespectful, and I was just like, mm, it looked it looked a little bit. He he kind of looked like a clown after doing something yeah. really awesome. He kind of took away how awesome that was for me.
2: Yeah. Well, and then they lose the game. Yeah. I mean, I mean and he looks it looks even more like a goofball. Yeah. On top of it, you lose the game. Uh, I, you know, and and Alec Baum, you know, do, doing that and spiking the bat and everything. Or, no, sorry, Reese Hoskins. Sorry, Alec Baum. Uh, Reese <laughs> Hoskins, <laughs> not that they're listening, spiking the bat on the ground. Uh, you know, it's the third inning, but it's a game where it could be in an elimination game. Yeah. Uh, they're at home crowd's going nuts um he'd been having a bad series too he hadn't he hadn't been playing very well um but like you said i i think the key word that you said is baiting that that you know cuz spiking the bat on the ground that's that's a, a an immediate emotion. He didn't then pick up the bat and spike it every 5 feet around or the throw it at you know, point at the pitcher and <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. And or start taking it and you know snap it over his knee and throw <laughs> half out here and half out there. No, but I mean you're walking around the bases rocking the baby and he kept looking at Garrett Cole too. Oh yeah. So like you said the keyword is baiting. That was over the top unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I think he should get take one to the head tonight? No, I, I don't think he should take one. The, the, the ultimate with no, them could, losing the game was, was the taking it to the head, right? That's it. And then the ultimate that they could do is beat the guardians tonight and win the series and move on and say, that didn't bother us. Cause yeah, they're going home and we're going on. He can celebrate his home run at home with a real baby rock. <laughs> now I'm still
1: rooting <laughs> for the Guardians cuz that was my one yes. upset. I didn't have I didn't have the uh the courage to take either Philadelphia or San Diego. But I did take the Guardians. I thought the Guardians were playing hot. They were they were the hot team. They were playing really yeah. good baseball at the end of the year and the Yankees struggled in the second half after having like a really historic first half. Not to say that I want the Yankees to win
2: because I would never ever root for that (laughs) you know and admit that
1: but but there is a little piece of me that says you know as as somebody who's been watching for a long time like oh you know maybe maybe naylor and, and the guardians deserve to lose this series because of you know whatever that was that we saw so
2: yeah, and I think somebody, one of his teammates had said afterwards, they said, well, it wasn't disrespectful to him because he does it to everybody. Nah, it's disrespectful <laughs> to everybody, I think. But, you know, it's, I don't think that excuses it. But yeah, um, but yeah I'm, I'm a Jose Ramirez guy, so I, I would like to see the Guardians move on because a Guardians-Astros series, I think, would be real. I mean, we all know that the an Astros-Yankees series is going to be absolutely insane yes they do not like each other they they really don't like each other and it all stems from the cheating scandal yes uh so so that that series would be tense and insane the other side whoops the other side san diego and philly I don't think there's much history there. No. (laughs) It's just two teams that weren't expecting to be there, and now they're like, all right, (laughs) let's play. Have they ever
1: played each other? Like, you're just (laughs) like, what's a San Diego-Philadelphia series like?
2: Yeah, because, I mean, you look at it. Back in the early 80s, us old guys remember the 83 Phillies and the 84 Padres. Oh, yeah. That's when those teams were were good at the same time, but it it, it hasn't been like that since. so.
1: So I guess Bob Costas did some of the games. I didn't see him do any play by play, but uh, a friend posted on Facebook and he was like uh, something about Bob Costas talking about Gary Templeton stories, Gary Templeton, oh, old Padre that. shortstop. And so the only Gary Templeton story that I know it would, it would have been late. I believe it was late seventies and he may have actually been playing for St. Louis. Cause I think he got traded for Ozzie Smith hmm. straight up. Like, I think they just switched. So. They just switched teams. Yeah, And so uh, Gary Templeton was voted in as a reserve to the all-star game. And he said, if, if I ain't starting, I ain't departing. And so I just said, <laughs> is it the, I ain't starting, I ain't departing uh, story without even knowing what the context was or what Costa was yeah. talking about. And he's like, yes, that's the exact story. <laughs> I was like, okay, the one, the one Gary Templeton story that I know, Bob, me and Bob Costas know the, uh, the one there
2: game you go, the that is absolutely fantastic. I love that.
1: Uh, so let's talk about this Dodgers Padres as we end this show. I get uh, so I'm on the airplane when Houston
2: and Seattle are going. What did that get? 18 was it 18 innings? It was eight, it was a full doubleheader played that night in 18 innings, one nothing. So I I watched, like, the last nine innings of that game. I mean, I was
1: reading and watching at the same time. Yeah. And so then when I finally switched over after the game was over, it was Padres-Dodgers. And I was like, okay, you know, they're early in the game. Dodgers look strong. The starting pitching looks strong. And I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. Get home from the airport. And then I think you texted me or you texted our, our Giants chat and you said, is this happening? And I was like, oh, the Padres are winning. And so I flipped the TV on or no, no, no not, they weren't winning. They'd come back to tie the game.
2: Yeah. And so yeah, I, because the- it was a three, it was the, the, the the Dodgers had scored three runs in the top of the seventh. And I thought, oh crap, that's here we go. We're going to go to a game five back in LA. And yeah. all of a sudden San Diego, just single, 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 Single. Just and they going. scored like five runs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I flipped
1: it to the game. Um, it was 3 3. And I had actually reached out to you and said, Did Dave Roberts actually screw up this pitching change? Because uh, there was, I forget the right hander's name, but it was his fourth batter and there was a lefty coming up. And so he lets the right hander throw pitch one in the, uh, and, and so it's a, he, and then he makes the, makes the change. And I was like, why wouldn't you make the change before that? And I guess the, he got the guy up late. Like the, the, yeah, I haven't heard anything about this on whether Dodger fans are frustrated at that. Like, did he get the guy up too late? Like, did he fall asleep at the wheel? I don't know what happened, but to me, I was like, why wasn't that guy in knowing that the right hander had finished his three batters, why didn't you, why don't you have the lefty ready like that? Like the three batters is up. You have you know, you get your lefty ready. And so then uh, it was Cronenworth, I think. And and then he dumped a yeah. single. Soto had sto- had stolen second base. Um, the catcher didn't even try. The pitcher wasn't even paying attention. So they had runners on second and third. And it was, it was three, three. And then Cronenworth just dumps the little single. And, and Soto flying around third and scores. And it's five, three. And then, uh, and then in the ninth, when I was worried about Hater, you're like, nah, he's been he's been on fire, and I still don't know what Freddie Freeman was swinging at uh, <laughs> to end the game. He just but wanted to go home. <laughs> I I wondered. I was like, come on, dude. Like, wh- like you're one of the best players in baseball. Like, how do you go down like that? Yeah. Um, But wow, I was. I was not as excited as if the giants had won a game, right? but whatever the second outcome that I would be happiest when it came to baseball, um, I even, even when uh, you know, when the Cubs finally won the world series, I was like, ah, eh, good for them. But yeah. here I was like, yes. Yeah. Un- like so fantastic. Cause I, we said this, I said this during the season, that Dodgers team was the best team that I'd ever seen with my eyeballs in baseball. Yeah. And I was just like, this is th- these guys should boat race through the playoffs. They shouldn't lose. Baseball's not really like that, but man. And then they, they lose in the divisional series. I, it's got to suck because they, they, they won 106 games last year. And then they were like, Oh no, we're going to be better in 2022. <laughs> And we're five games better, so for them to go out, gosh, that is yeah. ridiculous.
2: I, I still think the late eighty or late nineties, like ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand Yankees. Yeah, I, I could see that. Okay. I think a lot because, of people because, thought that. Yeah, when you guys, when you when you talk like best team, and you talk starting rotation, mid- I guess I should leaders, have said regular season team. Well, I mean, <laughs> and that's what the Dodgers are really good at being a very good regular season team when you don't necessarily need a closer because you're up, you know, 10 to 3 on the Pirates. You yes. don't you don't need a closer when you're playing teams and you're beating them out of the uh, you know out of the stadium, but then you get to postseason baseball, if your mid relievers are off and that's what you're counting on for four innings, and, and that's what we did all season long, is we had to count, you know, because of all the injuries to our starting pitching staff we had to count on our relievers pretty much the entire season that, that comes back to get back to bite you sometimes. So, yeah. you know, watching that with the Dodgers this year, I thought man, this lineup is the best lineup I've ever seen. Yeah. But when you look at their, their pitching staff, you go, that's so pedestrian. It's mm-hmm. very pedestrian. No Walker. Bueller well, because he's Walker hurt.
1: Bueller got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Kurt, well, so, what, so did Kurt, what was Kershaw's
2: situation? Um he ended up pitching the second game and that was it. Because again, you know, in a series like that, you you can only pitch you've got to have a deep rotation. You've got to have a four or five man rotation. That's why I love I love this this new playoff setup. Everybody you know, of course Dodger fans hate it. (laughs) Braves Braves fans hate it. But 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 you've gotta have a rotation. You need a rotation, especially if they're going to crush and get rid of the days off, and there's going to be less days off, give it to me, please, because I want to see your rotation. I don't want to see, well, we have the best two guys. We have the best one-two punch, and you're going to see them all playoffs long. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see your team. I want to see your team, all 26 players.
1: Now, our team was not good enough, but it's why I was – you know like man if they could just get in mm-hmm. when you got the two when you got web and radon you got a chance in a three gamer when you got web right. and radon you have a chance in a five gamer now you know i i don't know about wh- where three and four or, or what was going to happen there but or or maybe it's just three and you come back on, on short short uh you know sh- short uh time but Man, like just the opportunity to just say, okay, our two starters are as good as everybody else's two starters. Let's go. Yeah.
2: And and that's what I hope we're seeing, our brass is seeing this playoffs that oh, okay. Yeah, we can't we can't just ride that and say, "Well, we have eight starters. We have nine starters." Yeah. Two of them are great and the rest are starters. You can't, I mean, you just can't do that. You've got to go into the series with like a you know, with a Darvish, with the Musgrove, with the Snell. Uh, you, you just gotta be ready, man. And and because if your back's against the wall and you go, Well, it's Brebbia for an inning, and then we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good strategy. I don't like that strategy, and I want that to change.
1: So yeah, yeah. All right. And here we thought we're like, what were we going to talk about today? (laughs) You
2: put all you have to do is say baseball. Go. (laughs) All right, here we go.
1: Give us an hour. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Uh, All right. So that is it from here. We'll be back next week. And, you know, you had mentioned maybe because of the off season and the ability for us to do stuff on the weekends. Like if there's any breaking news, instead of waiting all the way until you know the full week to talk about it maybe we'll come back on a on a saturday and we know that ash usually has the weekend open we could possibly bring him on as well i know he was posting some of his uh, his pieces uh the, on the giants in in our group and uh, you know we could always bring him in on those shows as well yeah, but absolutely. yeah you know we're, we'll we'll have some you know we have some guests who who have been hanging out with us prior like i said roger and uh Darren Chan from KMBR and his his uh, season is over so he's hopefully relaxing a little bit taking yeah. a break but I know he maybe want... in Hawaii would Hawaii with John Miller you know? yeah yeah I know but I but he's <laughs> yeah. always willing to talk so we'll we'll try and figure out yeah. some folks to talk to um and uh, yeah it'll be fun so next week same time same place uh there will also be opportunities for us to to maybe delay a, a day or maybe even take uh, uh, some time away, but you know we'll keep everyone in the loop on that. It's the off season. Like Bags and Brisby yeah. are going dark, I think, completely. So
2: <laughs> we're not going dark. We never yeah, go no. dark. No, man. All right. right, like James Brown. We're like James Brown, but there's two of us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, we will talk to you next week. For Brad, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.